The best conference in college basketball just got more interesting. K-State and Iowa State knock off Kansas and Texas on Tuesday night. What exactly does it mean for the Big 12 hierarchy? You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, welcome into Locked On College Basketball, the only daily national college hoops show out there. I'm your host, Isaac Shade. Joining me is our guy, Mr. Leaf Tulane. It's a Thursday and you know he is here. Coming up on today's show, we're going to talk Clemson taking their first ACC loss, what it means for the conference, get you ready for some Big Ten and Pac-12 action coming up tonight, Thursday. But first, Leaf. The Big 12 is getting more and more exciting. I already thought it was fun, but boy, this conference is awesome and things are happening. So Tuesday night, Kansas State hosts Kansas, knocks them off 83-82 in overtime, much to the chagrin of your bottom line. Iowa State hosts Texas and knocks them off 78-67. Leaf, we can chat about the games in a second, but the Big 12 race, the Big 12 race is as fun as you get. Let me, let me give you just the top four, those four teams that played each other. Kansas State, Kansas, Iowa State, all tied at 5-1. and one. Texas right behind them at 4-2. and two. Leaf Tulane, what do you make of the Big 12 hierarchy? Yeah, I think the Big 12 still runs through Lawrence, Kansas. And that I know that's an old cliche, and it's it's been broken for a reason. few times. But, it, but it's it's been tried and true. And I think there's a strong argument that the Jayhawks are the best team in the country, despite the loss in uh, in Manhattan, Kansas, this past week. Uh, my, my think my thinking is even in that game, though they lost, K State played that as if it was their Super Bowl. It was like, man, we got to <laughs> beat the Jayhawks. We got to beat the Jayhawks. And it was at home. Kansas didn't play great, other than Jalen Wilson. They had a lot of players foul out, and Kansas still had both the the possession to win the game twice. And, and he had uncharacteristic turnovers from Dewan Harris, obviously credit to K state, but I think the easiest pick for me right here is Kansas at one. And then it becomes very difficult to prognosticate behind that. I, I would argue that number two is, is going to be um, Texas or Iowa state. Okay. Uh, I think Kansas state falls a little bit um, just because I think that their wins have been so razor thin in margin and it hasn't been like Kansas had a small margin too, but they, I feel like they've been able to accelerate at the end of games and put teams away. Whereas K-State, and there's historical precedent for it too with Kansas and Bill Self. Yeah, and and, and I trust Self to regroup and um, and K State. I, I feel like Jerome Tang has hit the peak. I think they have to <laughs> like they they like I hope I'm wrong and I hope they're this awesome team all year long, but man, it, it feels unsustainable. The, the close games they've won there. It's just been like the, the, the climax of those games have been unbelievable. And, and I think TCU is a team that's being underrated. Okay. Um, they easily could be five and well, five and one. They're, two yeah, they're three and so. two as of this recording. Yeah. yeah and, and, and they, yeah, sorry. I, I was looking ahead a, a bit. Um, they, yeah, they, they, they had a loss where they were up 18 at Texas. And I think, TCU may be a better team that is more consistent than Texas. Texas has just been able to pull out a few tighter wins and then has TCU. Um, so I think that's my top four. Uh, Kansas, Iowa State, Texas, and TCU as, as my top four right okay. there. Okay, and so you'd put K-State fifth behind those four. What about Baylor? Where, where would you have them in the mix of all that top six? I think Baylor and K-State will end up 
uh, about five and six and similar league records. I, I think that Baylor's 0-3 start is going to hinder them from yep. winning the league because now you're not going to go 17 and, uh, games in a row winning in the Big 12. It's, just, it's very, very difficult to do. But they're going to end up getting better, and I think they're going to end up with a positive league record, which is an impressive feat after starting 0-3. But it's just hard to chase that far. I mean, I think K-State's going to even out just a little bit, hit a bu- not a bumpy road, but you play so many good teams on their home courts, I think you're going to have a few losses, even to the teams that we haven't mentioned yet, like Oklahoma, like right. you know, Oklahoma State. Um, so I, I think those two are going to be five and six, and they'll be safely in the tournament. Yeah, um, absolutely. It, but it's just, you know, it's hard to be top four in the Big 12. Absolutely it is, and my goodness. Uh, West Virginia and Texas Tech, both winless in conference play at this point. As for Baylor, uh, Leif, I was looking this up earlier today. They are actually number one in offensive efficiency right now at Ken Palm. Um, Do you think that offense is enough to to make stuff happen, or is that hole that they dug, that 0-3 hole you talked about, too much to, to get out of? I mean, is there a world in which you see them jumping into that top four? I think they can. I think Texas is starting to round into form. And and like I said, I think TCU gets in and Kansas State's going to fall out a little bit. But but if you were to look on paper, Baylor's the more talented team than Iowa State. They're only yep. two games back. Yep. They play them again. They're already 0-1 against Iowa State. But if they were to win one and Iowa State has a slip-up, all of a sudden you're tied. So I, I, I would not rule out Baylor getting in at all. Um, I, the reason I'm more confident in TCU getting in is I feel like they've had uh, a few losses on the road and they were able to uh, steal one from Baylor. But I think it's really important down the road in conference play because those road games almost feel like a game and a half almost in in the Big 12. (laughs) That's a good word, man. All the teams are are really, really good. So if you're able to get road wins, um, that they they mean extra because you should be able to defend your home court. And I know that they've had a few losses um, in Waco. But that said, I, I do believe in their offense enough to get them some wins. But but I don't think they're going to be able to go. Let's see. Like so, right now they're in conference play. They're three and three, and they're eight and two at home. And so if they even if they win all the rest of their home games and go sixty percent on the road, that would mean that Kansas would have to like drop a <laughs> yeah. They'd have to lose a couple at, at the fog, and they'd have to lose about fifty percent on the road. And yep. to, to get to the number one spot. And I know, and the difference between one and four this year, I don't think is going to be huge. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. I, I think those top four, maybe even five in the big 12 are all going to get great NCAA tournament seeds. Um, as for Kansas, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not worried about Kansas at all to go lose to K state in what you described just a couple minutes ago as K state's super bowl, a one point overtime loss on the road. I'm not concerned about that. They're going to keep winning a bunch of games the the k-state story is just so cool the the jerome tang of it all him finally getting this chance there in the little apple the Keontae johnson of this whole thing i mean how cool that the game winning basket we come out of that timeout marquise noel lobbed to Keontae johnson over who jalen wilson to win what was ultimately the game winning basket in this game um but but as you say man with kansas jalen wilson career high 38 points kind of had to do it because as you mentioned grady dick kj allen kevin mcculler have all fouled out of this game one one little quibble i had with Keontae johnson though 
is he had they uh, Kansas State got that steal right at the end of regulation, and he goes up with his right hand, was looking for a foul. If he goes up with his left hand, that's a layup, ball game over. We don't even need overtime. But just I, I'm just always harping on those fundamental things like that, and it bothered me a little bit. Come on, young man, do your work. But yes, overall. Man, Kansas is still the standard bearer, and it's going to have to go through Lawrence, Kansas, if somebody wants to dethrone them again this year. And, and as we've already talked about, Iowa State over Texas as well. I've been saying it a lot lately. When Caleb Grill and Gabe Kalsher are right, things are great in Ames, Iowa, and they were both in this game. 33 combined points on 9 of 21 shooting, 6 of 15 from 3, and 9 of 10 at the free throw line. It wasn't just them. Jaron Holmes adds 21 of his own great night for the Cyclones in Ames, Iowa. Uh, Leaf, before we move on, anything else you want to say on, on the Big 12 or these games? I would say that TCU is a team that I, I don't think we covered enough in, um, in, in what I said there. Um, they're really, really good, and I think they've got a chance to be a problem maker come tournament time, even if they're not a top-four team. I, I projected that they will be, but even if they're not, that's a really, really good team. Their losses are are very easily explained. And and for instance, this Kansas State team had all the momentum in the world already. They entered Fort Worth undefeated and got blown out from the start. And I think TCU's got a really good recipe. They just need to shoot a little bit better. They're shooting – I haven't checked it today, but as of last week, they're shooting 29% from three. Yikes. And, and that's really hard to win sustainably. But they've got great <laughs> guard play in Mike Miles and Damian Baugh. And they rebound and they defend. And they are one of the best transition teams – in the country. So um, for those of you who listen to this and are college basketball fans, but haven't seen all these teams and you're like, man, like, I wonder what team is slightly underrated nationally. I, I would say That's check out TCU because I, I think they're a real, I'm not going to say a final four contender, but they're a team that I think can make an elite eight. And if once you're there, you, you can win it all. Yep. That's a good word leaf. And yeah, to your point about the three point shooting, I've done, I've run the numbers on it before and there's a threshold of, Every national champion has to hit, uh, but I think it's like 32 or 33%. We've never had a national champion shooting below 30% from three. And so I think that is a big barrier for them. But to your point, man, yeah, elite eight, uh, it's a great word on watch out for an underrated TCU squad. Well, Leaf, we've been wondering if Clemson is legit as a front runner in the ACC. We got a little bit more clarity on that Tuesday night. We'll talk about it and the ACC standings in just a minute. But first, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From the pro football playoffs going on right now to college and professional basketball, they've got it all at Bet Online. So make sure you check out the line for tonight's biggest games. The LA Pac 12 schools are at the Arizona schools, and then they're going to switch opponents on Saturday. Make sure you see those lines. Bet Online is always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about all the trends in action. Bet Online where the game starts. 
Leaf Clemson loses their first conference game of the season on Tuesday night, 87-77 at Wake Forest, despite 22 from PJ Hall, whose mom was all in my mentions on Twitter the other day after I said I wasn't sure about Clemson. PJ Hall's mom shouts to you, your son's incredible. I'm just not totally sold on the Tigers. And 19 and 14 from Hunter Tyson. But man, for Wake Forest, Tyree Appleby doing what he does. 24 points, 7 assists, and 5 steals for the Demon Deacon. So Leaf, we're recording this before Wednesday's game. So there's there's two Wednesday night uh, ACC games we need to acknowledge. Virginia Tech at Virginia, Pitt at Louisville. Um, and we probably know how both those games should go. But before those, let me give you the, AC, the ACC standings, and then I want to know what you think about the Clemson Tigers. Right now, Clemson's still atop things at 7-1, and one, followed by Miami and Wake at 6-2, and two, Pitt and Virginia at 5-2, and two. NC State, UNC, Syracuse all knotted up at five and three. Interestingly, North Carolina plays NC State on Saturday and Syracuse next week. So we're going to untangle that some. Duke at, uh, I lost it. I had four and four, but I don't think that's right. And Florida State at four and four as well. I need to check myself on that because I think one of Duke those is two, four and three, I think. Yep. Uh, Duke is four and three. That's a typo on my notes. Duke four and three and Florida State at four and four. And so that's kind of the top 10 in the ACC, all within shouting distance of each other. It falls off after that. Leaf Tulane, what about Clemson? I mean, I think Clemson's the most impressive story in the ACC. You could make an argument for Pittsburgh, uh, for, for yep. Uh, yep. a team that's ACC that story of the year. Yeah. Clemson, to me, will finish in the top four, probably okay. top three. I don't have them winning it. Um, I'm impressed with them. But I would say, and, and we've discussed this before, I'm not the biggest metrics guy. I like to watch the team and then yep. kind of yep. see if the metrics support my eyes. But in, in looking at the metrics, it's hard to imagine a team that wins the ACC is going to be as low in the in Ken Palm as they are. They're 59th. They're a 46th in offensive efficiency, 76th in defensive efficiency. And that's not the whole story. Winning, winning is. But uh, you look at that team; they're they're defending their home court. They're ten and zero at home, three and two on the road. And then, of course, you throw in some neutral court games. But now they're all road. Uh, they're like they're all home and road games against teams that know your style, know yep. your players. Yep. And I think that that makes it more difficult to go on these continued spells. And it's the same idea that I have with Kansas State: is when they know how you play, <laughs> there's a, there's a way to take it away. Um, so I think they will be top three in the ACC, mm. but I, but I don't think their their margin had they beaten Wake Forest. Yeah, no, I think I think that's a little bit of a gap that people have to chase them. So I would go with Virginia as my favorite to win it because I trust Tony Bennett in the past decade, um, not counting um, a year where they miss a tournament. I think Tony Bennett had the ACC one in the regular season six of ten times. <laughs> and had and was second uh, twice. So he he certainly knows how to win the ACC regular season, which I value more than the post the ACC Same. postseason tournament. Same. And I think he, that means like his track record for winning this really helps. And also, in watching Virginia, I I don't think they're a dominant team. And and we did a podcast a while ago about which team we thought could make the Final Four, and and, and I don't think Virginia is quite there. 
but I do think they're the best team basketball-wise in this conference. Like, if you look at their losses, you can contextualize one. Reese Beekman had, had hurt his hamstring, and they lost by one point to Miami. Or maybe it was two points, but regardless, a one-possession game <laughs> against Miami at Miami, who I would say is the second-best team, but I don't know. So uh, I, I'm pontificating a little bit, but I would go with Virginia 1, Clemson 2, Miami 3, and I think... I think if Carolina can get healthy, I'd give them four. But if they cannot, I will go with Wake Forest. Man, that's so interesting. And <clears throat> Leaf, a- Andy Patton and I talked about this earlier in the week that part part of what is going to help Clemson is their schedule. Of several of those other top four teams, they only play Duke, Carolina, Virginia, and Miami once each. But they also get to play uh, Wake, f- not Wake. Um, Louisville twice, Florida State twice, Georgia Tech twice. And so uh, the the unbalanced schedule certainly breaks in their favor, and that could be helpful. Uh, I really do believe in this front court with P.J. Hall, with Hunter Tyson. Um, But we're going to have to watch it. As you said, uh, man, getting this wake loss, um, I I think, is somewhat telling of of what we're going to be seeing. Um, like can some of Clemson's guard play match what they've got in the front court? You mentioned that, that Virginia Clemson, perhaps one, two in the conference. Well, circle this one, folks next to last game of the regular season is, uh, excuse me, Clemson at Virginia Tuesday, February 28th. That's going to be a big time matchup. And we'll say a lot about probably hopefully it'd be fun if that that uh tells us a lot about how things are going to shake out in the acc to your point about north carolina's injuries one of their issues is they just can't get healthy in the front court it's either been pete nance's out or armando baycott's out or jalen washington missed their game on tuesday night with a sprained ankle and so if they could get kind of that three-headed front court all healthy and all playing together with the way RJ Davis is playing right now for North Carolina is shooting like 51% from three in their past seven games. Uh, Hubert Davis could get things back on track in a way similar to last season's run. And so we'll have to watch that as well. And, and as you said, man, the, the pit story is really neat, but I, I do think, um, they they are not as much of a contender to me as is Clemson. And uh, really cool to see Wake Forest up there and what Steve Forbes is being able to do in Winston-Salem. Uh, I don't see Duke making a push. Um, I think they're going to be like top eight, but I, I don't see them getting into the top four. Same with NC State. And so I'm with you. I would take Virginia in that top four. They're only one game out in, in the lost column to Clemson. I think Miami, despite losing at NC State over the weekend, there as well. So give me Miami and Virginia and Clemson. I'm not necessarily saying in that order. And then also North Carolina. I think they're going to be able to do enough um, to get there. But watch out the next five or so games for the Tar Heels. I think that's going to help really determine their, their schedule really toughens up if they can't handle that then it's going to be Wake Forest as that fourth team getting a double bye in the ACC tournament. Great stuff, Leaf, there. We will keep our eyes on Clemson. Can they hold off the ACC brethren? Well, coming up, we want to get you ready for Thursday night's action. We got some good Big Ten games and some good Big 12, or excuse me, Pac-12 stuff. But before we get there, I want to tell you about Built Bar. You're looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat healthier this year. And if you're like me, but you don't want to compromise taste, then Built Bar is a great 
option. What makes them so good? Well, for starters, Built Bar is covered in 100% real chocolate, and they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, one of my favorite desserts ever, and peanut butter brownie. I'm honestly not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste so good while maintaining amazing macros. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar, but still a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now, best news, you don't have to wait for your order to arrive from Built.com. You can just head down to your local Sam's Club or Walmart and grab you a box there. Please go check it out. Grab some churro bars. Send them my way. I won't be disappointed, and neither will you. Leaf Tulin joining us here on Thursday's edition of Locked on College Basketball. We've looked back at some Big 12 and some ACC action, and now we want to look ahead to tonight a little bit. We've got uh, two Big 10 games I want to highlight and two Pac-12 games I want to highlight and kind of how that leads into the weekend as well. And so let's start with the Big 10. Leaf, we got 23 Rutgers at Michigan State kicking things off 630 Eastern on FS1, followed by Indiana at Illinois 8.30 on FS1. And that's the game I actually want to start with is Indiana at Illinois. Uh, Indiana, we expect to be without both Race Thompson and Xavier Johnson. Still, Illinois, after that roller coaster, like nine straight games of win-loss, 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 win. Now they're on a four-game winning streak. So from 0-3 in Big Ten play to now 4-3, and Indiana got a much, much needed win at home Saturday against Wisconsin to get their second Big Ten win. What are you watching for in this Indiana-Illinois game? Well, I think the question is, can Trace Jackson Davis uh, dominate the paint against Dane Danger and Coleman Hawkins? Um, and I think that really determines how far Indiana can go. Obviously, Jalen hood Shafino's played well, and I think in a weird way, um, the the loss of Xavier Johnson has accelerated the timeline for Jalen Huchavino to yep. be the man, and it's That's made them word. more dynamic. Um, that said, I, I think, uh, and this is no surprise to you from what we've spoken off off camera, I, I think Illinois has been the most talented team in the Big Ten, and they remain the most talented team in the Big Ten. It's just <laughs> finding a way to play together, coalescing, and, and doing it. Um, so, they're not going to win the Big Ten. They're too far behind. Yep. But I do think they finish top four if we kind of continue what we've talked about from previous conferences. And I think they're going to beat Indiana. And I'm not going to say handily because in the Big Ten, there's a lot of close games. The lower <laughs> scoring games rarely end up being blowouts. But I think they're going to win and be the better team wire to wire. Um, that said, I, I think Woodson's really got this point through his head. He's like, man, we have to win or like we're not going to make the tournament. And I think that added emphasis of conference play, once you kind of get to that realization, makes these games more interesting. But uh, from an X's and O's standpoint, I think Underwoods started getting his team to click a little bit. And I think from a just individual talent standpoint, Illinois is also the superior team, which was not a popular take preseason because Indiana was everyone's That's preseason right. pick. That's right. Um, I, I thought Illinois was better, and and uh, I, I think they are still. So I, I've got I've got them winning, and it doesn't hurt that it's in uh, Champaign. Absolutely. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, uh, the, uh, Ken Palm does have Illinois favored by four at home over the Hoosiers. Do you think, um, Leaf, we, we haven't talked about this, I don't think, but is it addition by subtraction for Illinois losing Sky Clark? I, I'm not sure. Uh, I think that there are more defined roles. So in, in a way, yes. Yeah, I hear um, that. I think he he organizes them, but because of his, his youth, there's like a little bit of indecision. 
Yep. And, and I, I, I would, I feel like that'd be harsh on him. Um, one that I, I don't feel like has been horribly harsh is, is severe Wheeler. Uh, the, when Ooh. he hasn't played yeah. Kentucky, has been a significantly better team. And there was statistics that backed that up yesterday when he came in the game, uh, the game was tied or, and then, you know, something bad happened. Then they go on a 30 to 16 run over Georgia and win yeah. the game by 14. And then in the first half, all I can remember him doing was picking up a boneheaded foul, pressuring uh, <laughs> 94 feet with like 30 seconds left in the first half. So I think there's a way that you can say, you know what, the team's found their roles. But I think it would be harsh to say addition by subtraction because of that point, with, with such a small sample size for him. I think that's a very fair thing to say. And uh, going back to your point about you, you look back at what Kentucky did at Tennessee on Saturday without him. And uh, metrics bear that out. And certainly that starting five that John Calipari went to without him uh, seems to be Kentucky's superior unit. As you say, metrics and numbers back that up. The question is, will Coach Cal make that switch when Wheeler's fully healthy and back? Or is it just a, a matter of him going with that because of injury? Hopefully, uh, he will do what's best for the long term of the Kentucky Wildcats team and uh, make a call going with that as for the other big 10 game i mentioned listen leaf rutgers is in second place right now in the big 10 behind purdue purdue at six and one in conference rutgers five and two michigan the only other two loss team with one less win at four and two they're at michigan state uh man a really really intriguing match up here ken palm has it michigan state by one at home what do you think yeah, I think these two teams are very similar. They're defensively oriented and have a few playmakers. Uh, I think I'm leaning with the home team on this one. I think Michigan State has played well. They nearly beat Purdue. Yeah. Um, they, they're they missing Malik Hall. And if they had Malik Hall, I'd, I'd say they're not the most talented team, but based off where the standings were, I would have said that they're a top three finisher in the Big Ten. And, and they still may be. But I think that on an individual matchup, this type of game missing Malik Hall matters because that like he could be a pressure relief yep. and the defense yep. of Rutgers is really good. But their guards are playing as the best guards in the country. Tyson Walker had nearly 30 points against Purdue. A.J. Hogard conducts the show. Sissoko obviously was dealt a horrible hand in guarding Zach Eady. But I think <laughs> he can handle it. He can, he Zach Eady had better. his way in that game on MLK Day. Yeah, I mean, Edie is a problem, um, and Sissoko, I think, is getting some unnecessary ha- hate. Uh, Joey Howes. <laughs> so, long story short, I think these two teams are both top four finishers in the Big Ten, but I'd lean Michigan State at home coming off of a loss where they played well. I think Izzo knows how to motivate the troops. I think their guards are slightly better, and they'll get enough production from a guy like Hauser to eke out a close win. But I, but honestly, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Rutgers. I think Steve Peichel is one of the Dude. most underrated coaches in the country. It's cool. It's just fun when teams that are not the typical teams are doing stuff like what Rutgers is doing. Want to see them keep going. They got, uh, they're, they already got some movement in the class of 24 and you love to see that them winning out a recruiting battle over those Kentucky Wildcats we just talked about. So fun stuff there. Let's turn our attention leaf to the PAC 12. As I mentioned, we've got the LA schools, USC, UCLA on the Arizona swing. So tonight, Thursday, USC at number 11, Arizona. The Wildcats are scuffling number five, UCLA at Arizona State. On Saturday, we'll flip-flop. We get USC at Arizona State. And then, boy, the crown jewel, one of the uh, two crown jewel Pac-12 games of this season, five UCLA 
at 11 Arizona, 2 Eastern on ABC. So, Leaf, here's my question. Of the two ranked teams that we're talking about, UCLA and Arizona, who comes out of this weekend in the best shape? I would still say UCLA, even if they were to lose to Arizona, um, they're, they're to me they've been the better team. They defend harder. They um, and and that's the, that's the way I'd phrase it. I'd say they defend harder. I think the capacity to defend that well is there for Arizona, but UCLA does it more consistently, and they just have winning traits. They have winning habits, and uh, they've got veteran guards, which obviously is a nice recipe for success, especially <laughs> if they've made deep runs in the tournament before. I mean, you'll, you'll know this better than anyone. They had North Carolina on the brink last year, and they were a half-court shot away from going to overtime um, and, and having a chance to make the championship game the year before that. So these guys are experienced. They've got um, Adam Bonas blossoming before our eyes. Yes, he is. And, He's been better than Amari Bailey. Yeah, and and, and so that, that was one of my, my bold predictions on a Pac-12 podcast. So that one's made me maybe pretty happy. But, <laughs> but uh, he... He's, he's better than I even expected at this point. And their backcourt with Jalen Clark taking such a huge leap has been an enormous uh, addition. So to answer your question succinctly, I think it's UCLA, even if they do lose to Arizona. Um, Arizona is has really underwhelmed in conference play, especially in a conference that, quite frankly, I'm in Pac-12 country. I work for a, a radio station that, that talks about University of Utah basketball. But but the fact that, that teams like Utah and, and some other teams like Cal's won a few games. Washington's was strung together a few games. Now, those teams aren't the caliber that should be beating a team like Arizona and the talent they have. And the fact that they've dropped a few games, it happens to everyone. But the way they've done it hasn't impressed That's, me. So yep. I think UCLA, regardless of the outcome, is, is better off. I agree with you. I mean, what, what Arizona's done lately has been, frankly, concerning to me. After Listen, I was all in on the Wildcats. You were a little bit more of a, a seller than I was, much to your credit and my chagrin. Uh, that's the second time I've used that word today. I got to get a thesaurus going here, Leaf. Um, but yeah, I think UCLA is the right answer to that. They're, they're undefeated in conference play, uh, an understandable loss if they take it at Arizona on Saturday. And so we'll have to keep our eyes on that. But yes, UCLA is far and away the, the team to be watching. And this is a big weekend because Arizona State and USC themselves are two and three in the conference standings right now. So a big, big weekend for all four of these schools. Watch uh, closely those games tonight. Stay up late, get some coffee, do whatever you need to do, and then be ready to be dialed in on Saturday as well for what's going on there in the desert. Leave Tulane, thanks so much as always for joining us. All your great insights, folks. Make sure you tune into tomorrow's show where Andy Patton will get you ready for the weekend slate, including those two Pac 12 games we just talked about and more. We want to remind you to please subscribe to the channel. There's been such great movement lately. Thank you to all, all those of you who have been tuning in for the first time. Please, if you haven't subscribed to our channel on YouTube, smash the like button, comment on your thoughts on what Leaf and I have gotten right and wrong today because there's definitely some of both. We will talk to you again tomorrow, but until then, peace. Peace.